Greetings. Hello. Welcome to the Episcopal Student Fellowship Sermon Podcast Recap. Uh, Today is October 18th, and uh, this is belated, uh, so I apologize. This is coming to you about a week and a half after the lectionary reading that we're talking about. It's, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, and so I apologize for just now recapping um, our passage from Mark 10, 2 through 16. Um, I was away at a clergy conference, uh, and then I was away at another conference, um, and here we are a week and a half later. Uh, but just to give some context for the evening, um, uh, Sunday night, we had the Bishop of North Carolina... Bishop Ann Hodges Koppel. She's the suffragan bishop, which means she's like the missional bishop. Uh, I mean, she's kind of tasked with going out, and one of the things that un, that are that is under her charge is campus ministries, campus and young adult ministries. And it was a blessing that she was with us, and she confirmed four uh, members of our community, and it was a beautiful night. Uh, and she gave a great sermon. And it was a hard passage, but uh, Bishop Ann um, worked uh, well within it um, and was faithful to it, and and also it spoke uh, it spoke to us. I think it spoke to me and really gave me a new um, appreciation and understanding for I think what was going on in this passage. So, without further ado, this is Mark ten. 2 through 16, I invite you to read along with me in whatever uh, whatever translation you have. It's fine. I'm reading from the NRSV, uh, but here we go. Some Pharisees came, and to test Jesus, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this is what, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, and he laid hands on them and blessed them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, it's kind of becoming a theme, especially this fall and for this podcast, for the season that we are in, that I... Before we preached, and before Bishop Ann even preached, she had to say this, that these are the little readings that are assigned uh, to us on Sunday. And I've never thought about it this way before, but we shouldn't be ashamed of it. 
Um, and I don't think Bishop Ann was, and I'm certainly not. But it does help to just give, like, context that, hey, I didn't just, like, pick this out. Uh, I didn't just, you know, open the Bible and say, oh, this one will do, and this this seems to be fitting. Uh, no, this th- these are the readings that we in the Episcopal Church are reading across um, across the breadth of our church uh, on Sundays. And so... There's something cool about the fact that we're all wrestling with scriptures like these all together. And that's comforting. And that's, uh, I think, how it should be done. And so I've always wondered about, like, well, we'll just pick our own. We don't have to abide by the rules. And I always have circled back to the lectionary of, no, it's really important that we are reading these things all together. All right, I'm just stalling now. Maybe you can tell. Maybe I don't want to dive in. No, actually, I do. I think this this reading is really interesting, and there is some interesting stuff going on um, in this passage. So these Pharisees come, and they try to trip Jesus up again. They try to test him, um, and they're they're asking this question um, in uh, Levitical rule in in the law of Moses. Uh, he says it's fine, it's okay to uh, divorce your wife. Um, it's took divorce is permissible is uh, permissible, excuse me. And um, it's really, it kind of, it's almost like a, the, the linchpin in this, in this, um, in this text is it's understood that, um, that this is on grounds of like adultery or something like that, that you, that divorce is permissible or for other reason. It really is pretty broad um, in the old Testament. It's like, it really means, well, you can divorce for a whole number of reasons. Um, and so they're testing Jesus, and Jesus, uh, I love Bishop Ann's um, uh, take on this. And it was really, I think, prophetic and interesting uh, and powerful. Um, she said Jesus was a feminist because Jesus was a feminist because he is coming down on the side of women by saying if anyone if anyone divorces their spouse because and it's implied here because they're off chasing you know some young filly uh then then yeah it's wrong um and that's not permissible um so he's he's saying and what bishop ann was saying is that women, when they were divorced, were essentially become a non-person. Uh, they become uh, divorced, uh, per se, from the rest of the community. They become cut off. Um, they no longer have social status or means. Um, and they may not even be able to uh, take their children with them. And so they would be cut off from everything. And so Jesus is saying, no, I am, I'm on the side of the ones who suffer and on the side of injustice. And, and that is, that's an injustice. And this is very protective, um, of women and, so hooray for Jesus, the feminist. Um, and it was a great, it was a really great sermon. It was framed in the context of, of unity and oneness. And our, we, we had an old Testament reading from, 
uh, from Genesis where uh, God uh, makes Adam and Eve. Um, God had made Adam and says, you know, it's not right that that this person should be alone in the world. They need relationship. They need another person with them and no other beast will do, you know, like, you know, there's animals and Adam names them and it's, uh, it's just like not, it's not enough. And so, and so God, um, puts Adam in, into a deep sleep, um, and, uh, takes one of his ribs. That's the, this is the story. This is the narrative. And, um, and creates Eve out, out of out of Adam, and and so she is called woman for she came out of me, and um and that's the story, and it's beautiful, it's beautiful poetry, um and uh and then and then the fall happens, you know, and so we know the rest of the story, and we know that there is brokenness, um and Bishop Ann was saying that God is in this business in the long arch of the arc of the narrative that God is in this business of breaking things and putting things back together, that we break things and uh, seek healing, um, that we break things and God puts them back together, and that throughout the course of uh, Jewish history uh, and scripture, God is constantly breaking stuff, and or the Israelites are breaking stuff, or... Um, the people have forgotten how to do, you know, how to worship God. They've forgotten who they are. They're breaking things. They're stumbling. Um, I think the term hardness of heart uh, was used in this in this passage in Mark. Um, that heartens, harkens back to Pharaoh um, and uh, that that these people had a had hard hearts, which means they weren't compassionate, which means. Um, they are essentially have forgotten where they came from, uh, and that they came from God, and that they are gods. They belong to God. They are children of God, and they've forgotten to see each other as such, and so therefore uh, they do not have soft hearts. They are not open. Um, they're closed off. They're self-centered, egotistical, thinking about themselves. Um, so, what better example than uh, a man? who wants to leave his wife for, um, for someone else. Um, you've got ego check, you know, you've got, um, you've got hardness of heart. And, um, and I think that, that Bishop Ann really framed this in a beautiful way of saying that, that things break and, there is healing that can come from it. And God, Jesus, especially is in this business of healing. Um, one could argue that his primary ministry, uh, while he was walking the earth with these disciples who totally weren't getting it and walking around with people in the Galilean countryside, that he was healing. Uh, he was putting stuff back together on a micro scale, but also on a cosmic scale um, because at the end, um, which is the penultimate end, uh, that on the cross, uh, the cross and the empty tomb are a perfect example of maybe the perfect example of God breaking and God putting back together. And I think also that given that a lot of, a lot of you listening, um, might be, uh, this word divorce just might cue up so much 
um, emo- emotional trauma, perhaps. Uh, this word divorce might cue up your own relationship with um, with that. Maybe your maybe your parents um, have or are in the process of, or maybe the writings on the wall. Regard, excuse me. Regardless, um, this is a loaded word, and so uh, so Bishop Ann said something very pastoral and comforting. And I thought it's definitely worth repeating. She said that sometimes, even in this context of brokenness uh, and putting back together in and being many and being put back together in one, that sometimes, sometimes marriages need to break. Um, that sometimes that that brokenness is a necessary thing because healing can come from that. And no healing will come, only more brokenness, if perhaps a marriage um, doesn't break that needs to. And she also framed this in the context of the Eucharist in what we do on Sundays. And I thought that was really beautiful too, that we gather together uh, broken people, uh, people from different experiences. We come from very wildly different days and 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 um, we we bring all these uh, experiences with us in uh, these things that we've carried um, throughout the past week um, throughout our our past um, and we come and we listen to scripture we listen to the story of God breaking things and putting things back together and then we hear the narrative of the cross in the empty tomb of God actually breaking, not breaking something else, but God's body breaking. And then God putting God back together that Jesus was broken um, and put back together and given to us. And that we then become one body of Christ. We become um, one. And we do that in the Eucharist. We take these elements of wheat and well, from our, from our bread recipe, lots of honey. (laughs) And, um, uh, we put all these things together. We put wine and water and all these elements, um, together. And Jesus says, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. And when he says, do this in remembrance of me, remembrance literally means putting back together. So remembering Christ's body. Like we are like physically putting back together Christ's body. And isn't it paradoxical? paradoxical and interesting that the only way you can put something back together is by it breaking first. That might be a bigger uh, discussion for another time. Um, That might be a larger discussion um, for another podcast, Um, maybe discussing the problem of suffering, because I think that we would quickly move into that, that 
Um, this kind of explains the Odyssey a little bit in, in theological terms um, of why God would bring suffering, that things have to break um, in order for God to put them back together. So we're not going to go into all that. Um, uh, we don't have time for that. Um, we're at about 15 minutes here, and I, I don't want to uh, make this podcast longer than it needs to be. Um, and I certainly don't want it to be longer than the actual sermon. <laughs> Uh, that's the point of a recap. Um, so uh, we'll end it there, um, but we'll depart with some questions. And I would ask you, I would ask you, where is um, where is that brokenness in your life, and where has God put things back together? Maybe you're in a place of waiting. Um, maybe you're in that in between uh, space. Maybe something is broken, and you're awaiting healing. Maybe you're in need of healing. So let's remember that the comforting words of Jesus, that that Christ, the Messiah, the one who all of Old Testament scripture was pointing to, the Lord, who is Lord of our life, who is who is one. And three, the one who comes to preach that we are to have one baptism, that we are to be of one faith, that we are to follow him, the one, and in so doing we become one. Um, That there's healing that comes from being together um, in that body of Christ. And that the Eucharist is healing, that Christ Christ's own body is healing, um, that Christ has come to heal you and me in the whole earth and put all things back together again. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll talk next week after uh, a sermon on Sunday, and Minor Variation, who is the uh, women's Christian women's uh, acapella group on campus uh, will be leading worship. I'm very excited about that. Um, we'll we'll catch you next week after after all that and after another great uh, passage in Mark. We'll be uh, rounding out the end of, of Mark 10 and um, and we'll talk about that. So I hope you have a blessed week and thanks a lot for listening.